0: Have you ever been cut off while you're driving? Uh, Someone's stolen something from you? Maybe you've experienced betrayal from a a spouse or a friend or family member? I know I've experienced some of these things, and it's really difficult to continue to hear these people out. I get to the point where I'd rather not give them the time of day. In this episode of Where There's Hope, let us marvel at Jesus' action prior to his crucifixion. Welcome to Where There Is Hope. Here we offer inspiration and encouragement from the Bible. With Travis Renfro, I'm John Lindsay. We're glad you're here. Okay, so I I just want to start this one out. This is kind of a blanket question uh, for the audience and for you, Travis. Do you ever get frustrated or frazzled when you're behind the wheel?
1: Absolutely not. I'm cool as a cucumber all the time.
0: Well, okay. It's good to know that I'm alone in this. (laughs) If there's anyone out there... (laughs) Yeah, I have... uh, This is probably where I see my uh, shortcomings the most.
1: Um, I think that's true of a lot of people. In the driving situation, it sort of uncovers the worst of you.
0: We just get so, like you know shaken up so i have a short anecdote um the other day i was almost t-boned pulling into my own driveway i live in a neighborhood speed limit 25 and i was almost t-boned going into my driveway i started to hit the brakes and then put my blinker on i i need to take the tone out of my voice here <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, This Uh, is the worst of you. (laughs) I I started to hit my brakes, and I put my blinker on. And um, as I started to pull into the driveway, someone honked at me. And then uh, I parked in my driveway, and I looked back, and this lady had rolled down her window and was screaming at me. And I really wanted to just back up and uh, let her know that she was wrong. But... Thankfully, I didn't, because that would have been very foolish.
1: You know, when I read your notes and read about this story, I was shocked because I've been in your neighborhood, yep. and I cannot, cannot imagine this happening in yep. a very densely populated neighborhood like yours. It's yep. it's kind of astounding.
0: Yeah, that uh, that curve right there where we live, people like to fly going 40, 45, hmm. um, in a 25, just to be clear twenty five miles per hour not forty five uh, anyway and this' is one of those moments where it was just I, I wanted to chase this person down and enact justice and I couldn't and you know it, it's irritating because mm-hmm. you're like this is so unjust and I'm seen as the criminal here even though I did everything I was supposed to do and uh, yeah
1: it is interesting isn't it that when you're in those situations if you have a near miss in your car if both sides sort of look at each other like holy cow that was close and they're you know my fault oh no no it was my fault then everyone's good but when someone points a finger at you when you were innocent yeah man it's it's over like i'm i'm furious
0: yeah a lot of times too I think when you respond with anger in those situations, it just gets worse Mm -hmm. and no one gives up and then you just keep escalating. Mm -hmm. I've had a similar instance of several years ago where I had a a semi on the highway and looking back, I there I'm very fortunate. I did not die just the way that I acted, but I had a similar instance with a semi on the highway and I'll leave it like that (laughs) because I don't want to get arrested.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it sounds really
0: convicting. It wasn't it wasn't
1: Hopefully the statute of limitations terrible. is run right out on that. I don't
0: one. think I broke any laws, but it was just very rude some of the things that happened. So anyway, just trying to one up the other person and, and very foolish. We just get so wrapped up in these kinds of moments and for me these kinds of things like I feel like this is a common thing that when we get in these situations, we just want to keep escalating and escalating and escalating and one-upping until we've got the upper hand in the situation and we've shown the other person who's right. When we're driving, we're taught to think about ourselves and focus on ourselves and make sure that we take care of ourselves first. And I think that has kind of bled into how people think. Because you just start thinking only about yourself when you're driving, and you don't think about anybody else. And most people are pretty good about thinking about themselves when they're driving, but they don't consider their surroundings, or uh, the one-off chance that something's in the roadway or whatever it might be. Um, and anyway, I'm focusing a lot on driving, but I guess the point here is that people focus on themselves, and then when we see those kinds of situations, it's a it's an injustice. And we want to focus on bringing justice.
1: Well, and why the driving example is, is so good is because these these situations get um, exacerbated because there's a lot at stake. Like when you're in a vehicle, you could have damage to your vehicle, which would be bad. But you can also have damage to yourself or even lose your life, you know, in an accident. So that sort of heightens your your reaction, I think. And, and very similarly, when we talk, you know. The thing, they always say the things you can't talk about at work are politics and religion. Politics, I'm not really sure why, because I don't think that matters that much. But with religion, the stakes are high. And, and people have very you know established positions, but the stakes are very high. So I can see how that causes more emotion to be in the situation.
0: Yeah, that's a good correlation that... Almost like a social social cues for these kinds of situations.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So as we consider this problem, I, I believe this is something that we all struggle with, especially Christians as we know true justice and we long to see true justice. Let's turn to John 13. Uh, if if you're in a position where you can read this, I think it would be good. Uh, but we're gonna read John 13, uh, verses one through 15.
1: Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, The one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, Not all of you are clean. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If then I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do, just as I have done to you.
0: Thank you. So a couple questions here. Um, Why weren't they washing their own feet?
1: I don't know your thoughts?
0: <laughs> I think it was a cultural thing um, that's why I just wanted to establish with this um, normally they'd have like a servant at the door doing this, yeah um, but yeah um, so with that being the case, did Jesus fit into the social class of the people who washed feet
1: no, and you know and even you asking that question, I never thought about this before it was it was such. <laughs> You didn't wash your own feet. It's almost like you were too good to wash your own feet. The servant will do that. So um, it's it's kind of even adds to it. So it, it's a servant, and it's it wasn't even one of the, you know, if they ranked their servants, the ones that washed the feet would have been a very low-ranking servant at that. So Jesus clearly did not fit into that. He, he says himself, he's the, your Lord and teacher. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and even the way he says it is like, I shouldn't be washing feet, but here I am. Um, Whose feet did he wash? So look at the timing of this and this example, who's like quite literally whose feet?
1: Well, he washes all the disciples' feet. And what you're asking is, does he also wash Judas' feet, knowing exactly who Judas is and what he's going to do? And he does.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think that's so humbling um hits me square in the chest to know that not only did you know this this occurs after they've had uh, the uh, the supper here uh it says in verse 2 that during the supper this uh references the supper and then after the supper this happens um but regardless we know that Judas doesn't leave until after the supper mm-hmm. And yet he still serves him supper in the same manner doesn't throw it at Judas you know I've imagined that (laughs) spilling it in his face or something you know kind of throwing the bread at him uh, poisoning the bread something like that he could have taken justice into his own hands here Mm -hmm. and um, changed the course of events forever and thank God he didn't
1: and maybe one of the keys to understanding this is Jesus placed himself in the position of the lowest person in the room by washing feet. Mm-hmm. And at that point, he's looking up at everyone, even the person who would betray the Son of God. He's looking up at him. Now, he puts himself in that position. He clearly is high above that position. But that is how low he has made himself, even to wash the feet of his, his betrayer um, When you put yourself in the lowest position in the room, you have to you have to look up to everyone. Mm -hmm.
0: That's a good point. Yeah, and like not only did he just watch wash Judas's feet, but all of them really betrayed him in some sense or another. They Mm -hmm. they left him, ran away from him. By the time he's going to the the uh, leaving the garden, he's alone. Mm -hmm. All his disciples have fled.
1: John and Peter follow at a distance, but Peter very quickly betrays him three Mm -hmm. times, very famously in the courtyard.
0: So I think for me, (laughs) the really, really, really tough question is if I were in Jesus's situation, what would I have done? And I mean, I could tell you based on my anecdote earlier that things probably wouldn't have been good Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm so thankful for his self-control in these kinds of situations and I'm very humbled and um, I want to do better in these things and um, I would challenge you to consider what kinds of things you can do so you know we talk about this um, here he's washing Judas's feet and Judas was quite literally his enemy and we know at times that it's very tough uh, to, to go to someone that has just wronged you has just spat in your face and to do something kind for them and something nice for them because it goes against everything you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes against all your instincts of you wanting to just throw dirt in their face or do whatever. Um, but that's what Jesus tells us to do in Matthew 5. Uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, when he's talking about um, the command to murder, or to, to not, excuse me, the, the uh, command. <laughs> what translation <do> you <laughs> Hold use? up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> Uh, the commandment to not murder um, in reference to that he eventually says in verse 43 of Matthew 5 you have heard that it was said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy but I say to you uh, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven for he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust uh, it's this idea of going the extra mile. This is um, something that comes from scripture as well. Uh, But the idea behind that, going the extra mile, is that the Roman soldiers would actually force citizens to carry their packs for one mile. That was like a right of a soldier to do that. And the concept is, once you've finished your mile, go an extra mile, even though you don't want to. Um, So doing above and beyond what you've been called to do um unbegrudgingly and willingly such a easy thing to say Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and a very very difficult thing to do
1: you know jesus was the master of countless things but maybe one thing that i've thought of while we've been talking about this today is that jesus was the master of keeping the end in mind um you know, you think about the prayer in the garden or, or any of these acts that we've talked about, you know, what he what he did to Judas, it was all about his goal, his purpose was to come to save mankind from sin. And that was the, the number one thing. So everything else had to take a backseat, including my desire for revenge, my desire for self-satisfaction um, or what have you. That... You know, and it's so easy to say, like you said, th- this is easy to say and hard to do, and it's hard to do because it's very hard for us to keep that end in mind. It feels forever away, um, but you know, when we do, uh, we tend to be much more successful spiritually when we really keep the end in mind.
0: That's a great point. Yeah, if we focus on that day and keep our eyes on that day, that helps. So think about the last time you served someone who was only thinking about themselves. I hope it was today, maybe yesterday. I don't hope you encountered someone <laughs> who was thinking some just about themselves, but I hope you, you served someone yesterday or today. What does it look like in your life? Um, what kinds of things can you do to improve that, that action in your life. Um, I think a big thing is prayer. And some of the things that I've got listed that we can pray for are humility, patience with others in these situations, opportunity to serve others, self-control when facing these kinds of trials, and meekness. Because I think that's a big thing that's displayed here is meekness. Mm-hmm. Because he, it, there's no question of if he could have brought justice and done these things. It's the fact that he didn't. Um, and I like how you've, I've heard you describe meekness as power under control. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is one of those times that this is the last, you know, one of the last spots that Jesus could just turn everything around and walk away. And he doesn't.
1: And you know I don 't know that we all that we all think of ourselves as powerful, but there are many very real ways in which you have power that you can inflict on somebody else if you are an angry person, if you're a revenge minded person, you can cause physical harm, emotional harm, whatever uh, on another person you have that power and that ability and meekness is really our attempt to look like Jesus is reigning that in. Mm. Um, Yes, it is infinitely different than the power that he was reigning in, but it is nonetheless similar. That we we do the same. You know, we we are holding back that power we have to get our own revenge or satisfy ourselves, um, bringing that under control. It and you know the things you mentioned in praying for humility and patience with others and self-control. Reminded me so much of the Hebrew idea of hesed, love, that is just this long suffering love mm-hmm. um, that. Is constant and not dependent on the other person. It's it's real similar to agape love that it's just uh, it's dedication to someone's betterment.
0: Yeah, you it it's a covenant. You said you're yeah. going to do it. Very good. Um, regardless of what the other person does. So and that's really how we're to act. You are to love others regardless of how they treat you. Try to imitate Christ. So a cool thing to do, maybe just to show how you can improve, consider all your situations reimagined and how they look um, when you treat others as Christ would treat them. Um, Hopefully you don't get into many incidents of road rage. (laughs) Um, You know, maybe I did something to provoke this person that I'm not aware of. Um, but if anything um, I can think of opportunities and ways that I can try and help people like that imagine if we were all serving this way no more whining or complaining or trying to enact our own forms of justice we would just trust in the Lord and serve him in all things let's do it together
1: Thank you for joining us where there is hope. It is our goal to share the hope and joy that we find in scriptures with you. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave us a review. You can email us at wtihope@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Lamentations 3, 24. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him.